How are we doing, everybody? I'm Will. I'm Matt, and this is the Carolina Way Podcast. Bernard to the 40. Will they catch him inside the 20? Giovanni Bernard. Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. The ceiling is the roof. That's what it's all about right there. That's on the floor. That's on your shirt. Dang, Will, it's been a while since it's just been you and I. Um, we've loved our guests the past few weeks, but we decided to do a show this week that could kind of catch up everybody on what's been going on um, in the specifics of Carolina athletics. And, um, you know, the big news has really been some, some football stuff. And uh, I know you wanted to start out with a coach's poll came out, and it has Dabo – of Clemson, of course, as the number two best coach. But why we should care is they have Mac Brown as the 10th best coach when, you know, everybody would be happy about that because Carolina has a top 10 coach. I think Mac's higher than that. What did you think about that, Will? Well, first of all, so happy to be back on the pod again this week. I missed it. Um, kind of getting back to some things we've been missing out on, some of these recruits, some – like breaking news, like we had a recruit that dropped within 20 minutes of recording this podcast. So we're starting to get a lot of things that we just need to have an episode where we catch up on everything here. So um, starting out here, I'm thrilled to see Mac here at 10. Uh, it's very interesting because there's no other coach within that age range of Mac Brown up there at all. Like I guess maybe the only other close one is Nick Saban. And he's been coaching. It's not like he's um, been on the market for a few years and then finally came back. And there's so many other top programs that Matt Brown has just come in and slid in front of. For example, I'm thinking Penn State with James Franklin. We've heard about him going to the NFL, other top offers yep. as well. Like everyone has so much respect for him. But then Matt Brown casually comes back. And just like that, UNC has a better coach than Penn State. When um, he would like guys like him are like so sought after and I think they could have gotten into a little bit of controversy if they started putting Matt Brown ahead like Riley and that type of thing but um which I'm glad they didn't because I don't want to put too much of a target on our back right away or anything like have Max in top 10 you know good for him but uh, Matt Brown he'll tell you that he does not just want to be the top 10 coach he wants to have the number one program and I think, I mean, it definitely shows everyone that Mac is not a joke hire uh, yet again. That's not even just the program that he's responsible for, like, actually making this happen. Yeah, all the state fans said that Mac was too old. They said he wouldn't be able to recruit. Well, he's obviously dominating uh, every facet of North Carolina football at this point. Um, speaking of that, though, you did say we, we just got a recruit. Marcus Allen from Georgia, um, big time get for Carolina. He had offers from Auburn, who UNC, I don't know ever throughout history, has beat Auburn out um, in recruits. And then Georgia Tech, right from his home state, also uh, offered him. But no, he chose to come to the University of North Carolina. Um, this is one of many recruits we have gotten uh, this summer so far. We also – 
not long ago. Well, and he's a he's a three-star uh, defensive back. Well, let me tell you one other thing about Allen real quick. is that his brother got recruited by Notre Dame, went there, and then transferred to Georgia Tech, and now he's a redshirt sophomore there. So, I mean, that's even a thing, too, that he didn't want to stay in-state with Georgia Tech or big time with Auburn, probably even closer than North Carolina is from where he is, I think, in Atlanta. But instead, he's come to UNC. His dad, it says on here in the article I'm reading that uh, Derek Allen was the captain of the Army basketball team. So I'm sure he's also gotten up some shots in his day, too. He's not just a football player. And, you know, we love, like, some cross-training. That's that's one thing that I've read a lot of times that our strength coach is really interested in when we're recruiting players is someone that's had, like, cross-training with other sports. So I'm sure he's kind of had that, too. Mm-hmm. And now he can specialize in football even more. I know I got a text from our our the one and only Tyler Sellers, TP, um, who, you know, has been on the show twice and, and is a the head – manager for UNC he said this guy is a dog that is a quote this guy has a dog he said he's seen him multiple times work out at Carolina and he's going to be very good um unlike basketball when you see three star in front of a football player's name it doesn't mean a lot the stars now the five stars are very talented football players don't get me wrong but you have so many players on one football team that you're going to have many three four five stars on your team so I don't really look uh, too much into what the ranking is of a football recruit. And I expect this guy to be a contributor very early on at Carolina. And that's something too. Like, but, and well, in many situations for like these top programs, if you're going to have like a five-star come in, they're probably going to want to be playing early on or getting some sort of minutes to three-star, maybe a little bit less ego. They know coming in that maybe they get to redshirt a year. And then all of a sudden we get them for four years. Additionally, they're going to be playing for us. So you don't want to have all five stars on your football team. And I'm sure they get very nitpicky and it gets pretty political with how you get a star. Cause I'm sure like the difference between three and four stars, four and five is very small. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is Carolina football has had multiple players that were actually walk-ons like Matt Collins was a walk-on at Carolina and he ended up being a great player. So if a walk-on can be great, then we know that, you know, three, four, five, it really, it matters because trust me, I will take every five-star we can get because that's the sign of a great program. But in the sense of a uh, defensive bat like Marcus Allen, and we even had two more three-stars this summer in uh, offensive lineman, Justin Kate Kanyuk and linebacker Deuce Caldwell, both of them are said to be very talented football players. So I'm ready to see all of these guys. You know, we hear Matt can recruit, so I'm ready to see these guys on the field and actually playing. But it'll be a few years, I'm sure. Yeah, Justin is 6'5", 290 from Pennsylvania. We're getting some different states with our recruiting action here. I like it because we already got North Carolina and Virginia locked down. Um, so he's 290, so I'd imagine he's going to put on a little bit more weight and be ready for us soon. But, like, height-wise, it seems like he would fit right in for us. Yep. And then Deuce Caldwell – so shown on here from South Carolina, picked us over UCF, Arkansas, and Baylor. So, so, I mean, very respectable for us to be able to get that. Yeah, and like you said, everybody we've said so far, we know Mac is dominating the state of North Carolina in recruiting, but now he's starting to reach out. Um, you know, they originally said, oh, he can't 
dominate the state of North Carolina. He did. Then they said, oh, he can't go outside the state of North Carolina and recruit. Well, guess what? He He's doing it. And Deuce Caldwell is another – you know, we've always talked about the great names on our football team. Deuce Caldwell, to me, is a, another great athlete name. Uh, and he has to wear number two, doesn't he? I mean, he has to throw up that two every time. <laughs> he has to. We got it. We got to reserve that number for my man. Yeah. Um, but probably the biggest recruit will we ended up getting this summer so far is Bo Atkinson. And this guy I hear is an absolute beast. He's a four-star edge rusher, 6'6", 240. Absolutely great athlete I hear from North Carolina. So he's one of those North Carolina guys. And, you know, he got offers from Michigan, um, big time, power five schools. And I expect him to be on the field maybe, I don't, I don't know, I think he's 2022. Probably the first year he gets to Carolina, he'll probably be in the lineup, I would expect, because he's ultra talented out here. And as you said, he's a North Carolina guy from Raleigh. And yeah. that's where we're looking for, four-star. I don't know too much about this guy, but if you say he's a beast, I'm all for it here. He is. Take it. Take it for what I'm saying, Will. I promise you, this guy's going to be big time. <laughs> um, now, I do want to, before we get out of football completely, I do want to talk a little bit about a guy that we haven't got yet. And at one point, they said we have no chance of getting. But it's looking like Carolina is in play. Five-star defensive lineman Travis Shaw. He's from Grimsley High, North Carolina kid. From the get-go, they're saying – Georgia, Clemson, they're going to get him, one of those two. But he came to Carolina twice in the past month, and he said he loved it. And we actually got a crystal ball prediction, Will, that maybe we could get Travis Shaw. Um, This would no doubt be probably the biggest recruit in Carolina football history in the sense of ratings. He's the number ninth player in the country, absolute dominant athlete, if we get this guy, Will, the tide has turned and we are a dominant football recruiting program. Hey, you say crystal ball and my ears perk up. I love some crystal balls. I'm on that all the time. Uh, <laughs> throughout my entire years at college, when we were looking at basketball prospects, you're always refreshing looking at the insiders on who they were predicting for the for where they're going to go. And they're usually right on this. Once one starts doing it, one has the courage to put their crystal ball in. Then all of a sudden, everyone else starts looking and say, wait, he could go to UNC. He's been there a couple of times. And that's what you want in recruiting. You want some of this momentum. And, I mean, that's very good. And we got pretty fortunate here that he's another North Carolina guy. Certainly helps. Very easy for him to also see, like, how easy it is to get from Greensboro to Chapel Hill. Um, very excited about this as well. You got any idea about when we – might expect a commitment on him. Uh, he went down to his final four recently. Um, I would say he's going to make that commitment within the next – I know this is a very broad name, but, like, within the next two months. I don't know what day. Um, I, the one that made the crystal ball, this is interesting, um, she was actually a Clemson insider. Um, so that matters. because oh, it matters even more. This isn't some North Carolina homer. You know, this is somebody that, you know, obviously heard something. I don't know what they heard and said that he's going to pick. If he picks Carolina over Clemson, that means a lot more than just one guy. That is a tide turning 
uh, you know, a switch in ACC football recruiting. And yeah, it's interesting. It would just be the beginning. Because UNC's gone head-to-head against Clemson with some other North Carolina guys in the past couple of years. Um, maybe, who was it, Peyton Page? Um, yep. He was a five-star, but he – I don't know if he stayed a five-star. I know he had, like, some issues with, it, like, cutting weight. Um, then there's another guy from Havelock. can't remember his name. I think he's like a linebacker. And I know there was a Clemson. Simpson kid, right? Was it? Was that his last name that picked Clemson over us? He actually yep. was starting for Clemson this year. Yep. So, I mean, just since Max got here, we've at least competed with them in the last three, two, whatever you want to call it with recruiting. But we haven't been able to get the edge on them yet. Um, maybe it's Shipley? Can't Will remember. Shipley, yeah. Yep. So, anyway, we're in the hunt again, and, I mean, it seems like we have our best chance yet. And if we don't get this one, I know it's going to be coming soon. And uh, I still believe that Will Shipley will end up at Carolina before he graduates college. So, that's just a uh, – that's a very big, uh, you know, I guess announcement. Or I don't know if it comes true or not, but I, I truly believe that. I think he's a North Carolina guy at some point. Way to but, just throw that in. Way to just throw that in there so that we can come back to this at some point yeah. and get the two seconds. I appreciate that. That's just my belief. I hear, you know, he picked Clemson, but I hear he really liked North Carolina also. So if something goes wrong at Clemson or he doesn't end up playing or whatever the reason may be, maybe he ends up in North Carolina. But <laughs> let's jump on to basketball. Let's jump on to basketball. Not too much Please. news. Um, but the biggest news I would say is Seth Trimble. And four-star guard, but the reason we know him, Will, is he's J.P. Tokido's brother. And we all remember J.P. Tokido. I think he was at Carolina three years, very big part of North Carolina, um, starting shooting guard, crazy athletic. But they're saying that his brother's actually more higher ranked than him. Um, His brother visited Chapel Hill not too long ago, said he loved it, and then ended up committing. Yeah, I went on to his – um, I think it was him or his mom, but anyway, he retweeted a bunch of stuff of his mom or vice versa, and she was, like, really into UNC still, loved the program. I think Tokido even accompanied him on this visit too. And mm-hmm. when Tokido played for UNC, he was, like, my – like, especially younger. You had a favorite player anytime someone asked you. Now, of course, you can respect a whole lot more guys on the team and maybe – it's tougher for me to have a favorite player at least. Um, but back then, Tokido on that team was my guy. Uh, love what he did. If, how could you not love the dunks and the athleticism? It was um, like the most athletic guy in the gym. Um, and now we're kind of getting it out of his brother, kind of like the same, um, I guess, player formula here that he's kind of like a little taller guard, athletic, and very excited to uh, – have him aboard here. Yeah, I think his brother uh, definitely – I think athleticism is in both of them. Um, pre- probably more ball dominant, but JP couldn't shoot the ball too well. I don't know much about uh, Trimble, Seth Trimble, but I expect him to be a big part. We need these four-star guards. I've been saying from the get-go, you know, give me a five-star wing, give me a one-and-done wing, but I don't want a one-and-done point guard. So that's why it's important for us to go for these higher four stars because they're most likely going to be three, four-year guys. And I think Trimble will end up being that. Maybe sometime we can craft our own little um, perfect 
team of like you want you don't want a one and done point guard you want more yeah. of a veteran guard that type of thing and kind of see what we kind of want in our basketball team and then compare it to UNC some um also with Trimble um hmm yeah I, I honestly just didn't really hear too much about him being recruited by us maybe before Royce I don't know I don't know if you looked into this too much I don't know if Roy had been recruiting him and then Hubert kind of stepped in or what or if this is someone that more Hubert wanted I just hadn't really read too much on him before like the past month yeah I didn't hear anything about him I'm gonna be honest with you um I'm, I honestly couldn't tell you what grades he in. I don't know if he's in a, going to 12th or going to 11th I'm guessing 12th grade but yeah I didn't hear a lot maybe just because you don't hear a lot about these four stars you know the one and done guys you hear about because everybody's talking about them so maybe he just uh, flew under the radar. I do know that updated rankings came out today, and he went up a pretty good amount. I think he's now the ninth best point guard in the nation while he was like the 13th. So um, moving up, I love a guy that's moving up. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You can be a top 10 player in your position and not be a five-star. I know. <laughs> Wild. Uh, we did get one other recruit. Uh, Hubert's going after plenty, but we got one other guy to sign with us, Will Shaver. Some guys, some uh, platforms have him three-star, some four. I'm going to call him a four-star big. He's a stretch big. He can play power forward, center. We see Hubert going after this kind of big prototype that can play inside, rebound, but also shoot the ball a little bit, and it seems like that's what Will Shaver is. Yeah, we're more of the last half full guys, so we're going to go four-star for our guy, Will Shaver, here. <laughs> I got a great story from on the golf course with my boy Luke Stadler about Will Shaver because this is Hubert's first commit here. So apparently, um, whenever he did commit, it, like within the past month, of course, that they were all at campus at UNC. They were walking around the Dean Dem, of course, getting that nice tour. I think we both gotten that tour before, Matt. Oh, yeah. and. I mean, how could you not want to come to UNC right when you see everything we have to offer in our uh, basketball facilities at the Dean Dome on South Campus? And they're in Hubert's um, office afterwards. It was Will, Hubert, and his mom. And Hubert was kind of asking him, as Luke was telling me, you know, is there anywhere else that you want to look at before, you know, trying to narrow down your decisions? Like, what else are you doing this summer? Kind of trying to see what your options are. Like Hubert kind of seemed very interested in the process. Like maybe he, he's going up against a little bit. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a little bit of gamesmanship and all that, but then Will said, you know, I did have a couple of places I was interested in, but you know, I, I think I'm, I'm set here with my decision. So then Hubert said, you know, is, does that mean you're committing to us now? And Will Shaver said it is. Oh, so wow. the mom apparently started crying. She's like, I, I had no idea he was going to be committing today we thought we were going to ride back and of course talk about it like they had everything else but she was happy about it and apparently Hubert Davis got in and started dancing around in his locker room uh in his office you know celebrating that his first commit so you're telling me Hubert's definitely going to be a dancer then we're going to see plenty of Hubert dancing <laughs> that's what you're predicting <laughs> yeah I'm predicting Hubert Davis has been learning from you know, he's also been learning from Roy Williams about coaching, but it's also about the dance moves. <laughs> also about that, uh, I see Roy at the basketball office like every day. Like, I don't see him personally. I mean, like, I see pictures and, and things of that sort. So, Roy, I think, is still playing just like Dean did after he retired. 
a large part in Carolina basketball and, and things that's going on behind the scenes. So I bet Rory was really proud of Hubert on that. I will say you talked about me and you have both, you know, done that tour of the Dean Dome. And, you know, I've walked through that tunnel before. And, I, I mean, I wanted to uh, sign with Carolina. So, I mean, I can only imagine. I don't know how anybody turns that down. So, uh, Will Shaver, I'm sure that was a great feeling. And I'm glad we got him. I mean, he, I think he's going to be a great three-, four-year guy for Carolina. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's kind of nice. I know we can't probably officially name Roy until, like, any sort of staff, payroll, or anything like that because of regulations. But it is nice to kind of, like, have a um, like guy that knows everything that you could possibly need as, like, a consultant role to reach out to. He still lives in the area. So, it actually is really perfect for us. Yeah, he's like head of basketball operations, I feel like. like I don't know. He's like the, oh, the yeah. Mitch Kupchak of Carolina basketball, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Will, I know you had, uh, you had a little bit of – or this is something we've both been wanting to talk about, some NBA basketball that you wanted to mention. Yeah, man, I've been watching – we've both been watching the NBA all the time. Everyone has. I mean, the NBA playoffs are absolutely having a moment this year. It's been t- fantastic. It's been going on since pretty much – um, right after I got back from like a little vacation after graduation, it's like every single night. And I, it was at one point, like four games a day, three games a day, I was eating it up. Now the stakes are even higher and it's one game a night right now. And I am loving it. Um, of course I'm loving it. Cause now that my team isn't in, there's no stakes for me. So I'm just pretty much enjoying it. Um, and the Brooklyn Nets are out. So I'm just living life right now, man. I'm having a great time with it. Um, uh, just want to hit on one thing. Very quickly, though, just to hit on the high stakes, emotional, instant reactions of the NBA playoffs. Since um, my team isn't in it, I'm not getting any texts about the Celtics in these playoffs, even though I will talk to you about our new coaching hires if you want to. But after game one, uh, so we're talking about Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks series going on right now. I guess this was a game where – Atlanta stole game one, correct, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the game ended at 10.52. And right at 10.52, I got the lot screen uh, screenshot right here to prove it to you, Matt. Oh. I got a text from my brother-in-law. And keep in mind, these are all caps. At the exact same time, who's a Atlanta Hawks fan that said, let's go, <laughs> and was pumped. And then the exact same moment, I got three emojis from my boy Tyrell Carter. Bucks fan loves Giannis. So glad that Giannis will be there for a few years for him, but also glad that there is a little bit of heartbreak involved. <laughs> and he had some sad and angry emoji faces. Um, and that's what the playoffs are all about, like <laughs> for that right there. And I love it. That's what sports are all about, Will. Um, there's no better feeling. You know, college basketball, you have the same feeling. When your team is an underdog, as the Hawks are this year, I couldn't imagine being a Hawks fan. Like, I'm pulling for them. You know, I'm pulling for the Suns and the Hawks. That's what I told. We were talking about this a few days ago. But I could not imagine being a five seed and kind of running through. And, and now that series is two to two. Um, and that has to be a great feeling. Nobody expected the Hawks to be where they are. But people did expect the Suns to be where they are, or I did, because, you know, they've been talented all year, one of the best records in the NBA. But most importantly – Cam Johnson, Will, this man is tearing the NBA playoffs up. Yeah, he's not even getting that many minutes, and he's tearing it up. 
he like the other night he went six of seven shooting wise. Um, I think it was like five to six from three, like a casual 18 to 20 points he had. Um, and that was just coming off the bench. And I mean, really at this point, it's the perfect role for him because he's able to come in, not get into foul trouble or anything and always be a, like that reliable, consistent guy that can get their three point shots for him. When other guys like Cameron Payne have been like struggling with injuries, he's always been there for him. Fell off a little bit in the regular season with minutes moving in from Jay Crowder, getting the start to him on the bench. But now like he's really coming into his own and this is, you can't forget this is his first ever like playoff experience and this is what he's doing. So um, Matt, it kind of seems like Cam Johnson's just taking the mantle from Danny green and running with it for us. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. You say that at the end there because his run right now reminds me a lot of Danny green in 2014. Danny green had his little coming out party as a legit NBA basketball player, role player, um, in 2014, he broke like the finals. It, it, either, it was either single game record or uh, final series record of like three pointers. And people were going crazy. Like, you know, nobody expected Danny Green to be one of the, you know, best NBA role players because at Carolina, he was like the fourth or third option. Yeah, Matt, Same real quick. Thing with Cam. Okay, go. Danny Green, um, in the draft class of UNC players, he was drafted last of our guys in the second round. Yeah. Yet here he is. And Cam Johnson was – Cam Johnson ended up sliding up amazingly into the lottery. But nobody at all except the Suns expected him to be that high up. Because, um, you know, Carolina had a lot of talent that year and people were faulting Cam – for being a fifth-year senior. People say, we want young guys. We don't want this, you know, 24-year-old. Well, guess what? Now he has that calmness of an older guy, but he he doesn't have that wear and tear of a guy that's been in the league for five years. So it actually has worked out perfect. It seems he's in the best shape right now in the last few games of the season. He's shooting, I think it's 60% from three and 72% from the floor out outrageous numbers i love to see it yeah he's guarding against and on one end most of the time i feel like i've seen him going against like paul george or something like that trying to like play defense on him they got that's his assignment and then like last night in the atlanta Hawks series there was a little bit of time where both teams had like some young guys out there like i saw cam reddish um maybe like a chris dunn i think was out there for the hawks or something and they're like oh these guys are young just very anxious you can't fault them for making mistakes well if you're not going to fault them you got to give some more credit to cam johnson because he's uh just as unexperienced you know in terms of nba playoffs and he's just balling out for him yep and he seems like a well we know for a fact he's a great teammate like this guy has always was a nice guy at carolina nice guy in the league um why would you not want this guy? He he knows his role. He knows he's not going out there to be the best player on the team. He's going to try hard on defense. This is what every NBA team wants, and I can't believe more teams didn't see it. Uh, you know, we saw it. I truly believe Cam was going to be a great NBA player because he's what every NBA team needs. So I, I'm glad it's so early, though, it's coming to fruition. Yeah, and on the TNT, like after the game or whatever, I can't remember who was saying it, but it was one of the guys on there at least. And they're saying that we've always in the past few years, we've really wanted the positionless basketball and that type of thing. And of course it works with LeBron James, but 
even to an extent, you got LeBron James, even if you call it Le- positionless basketball, he's still like a ball handler. Like he's not getting out of his position. Like that's like his role. Yeah. And maybe with a bunch of these guys coming out of college, they don't really excel at one role or they're like one position. But, you know, with Cam, he's a great three-point shooter. And you see in the NBA, whatever you're best at is what's going to get you on the court. Like if it's defense, they'll put you on defense for a few possessions here and there. But if you're just okay, then you got to be okay at everything better than like the next spot guy on the team. Yeah, see, that's the, a lot of the problem now. Um, a lot of these guys that are fun to watch and one and done, they're good at everything. But good at everything doesn't get you a spot in the NBA because there's you have somebody on your team that's at least great at that one thing. There's a great ball handler. There's a great shooter. There's a very athletic guy. So there's a great rebounder. So Cam is that great shooter. And you have a lot of these guys that are good at all those things, but not great at any of them. So that's where Cam, I feel like, fits in. Man, I'm just thinking about what Russell Westbrook would give or Ben Simmons or Giannis would give to have Cam shooting touch. Uh, Giannis would be the greatest basketball player of all time. Let's be for real. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he'd be the greatest basketball player of all time. But, yeah, so the NBA playoffs have been fun. I wish there were more NBA guys, you know, playing a larger role in it. I mean, Carolina guys playing a larger role in it. But, you know, it makes me easier to focus on Cam and everything he's doing. Only four teams left, so there's not a lot of options anyways. I would love to see the Suns pull it all out, win it all, and Cam to have a ring on his finger that he should have got at Carolina but didn't get the chance to. Yeah, I'm also kind of conflicted because Justin Jackson is on the Bucks, even though he doesn't even get garbage time minutes, which is absolutely ridiculous that they had Mamadou Diakite in over Justin Jackson. But, I mean, another story. Um, even if he had the Bucks in the finals, at least you knew one – if it was between the Suns and the Bucks, at least one UNC guy would be getting a ring. But, I mean, they're also both young. And the Suns, I mean, they might, they might be onto something for a few years too. So, hopefully they can get it done this year. Yeah, I think uh, Justin Jackson plays that same role that Theo kind of plays, just in a quieter way. Like, I think Justin Jackson's that glue guy on the bench. Everybody loves him. That's another guy just like Cam, and I know I say this about a lot, but everybody that comes through Carolina, they aren't all, like, nice guys. You know, some of them are just very good basketball players, and that's not a knock against them. Justin Jackson and Cam Johnson are both obvious nice guys. And so I, I like to see those guys succeed more than any of them. So it's great to see both of them. And I, Justin Jackson can find a large role. He was playing big minutes for the Mavericks at one point. I would love for him to get a ring and then go on somewhere and, you know, be a, be a leader for somebody else. But we'll Yeah, see. If, if Roy Williams and Kobe White feel very strongly about you, which they do Cam Johnson, then I'm all for you. <laughs> Kobe White, another nice guy. I know I just keep naming all these nice guys, <laughs> but I love them all. <laughs> All right, Matt, um, probably my favorite part of the show is the GoFundMe sports section. And they're back because now we have GoFundMe sports in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Love to start here and go through. Um, maybe if you want to take the soccer component, I'll jump in a little bit because I got a little story on that. But track and field, my boy Kenny Selman, I think he was a senior uh, my freshman year. So I only got to experience his greatness at UNC for one year. But Kenny Selman is um, in the 400 hurdles after he was a 
three-time ACC champion. He finished fourth nationally in his senior year. He moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and began training. He's actually signed, very interesting here, by Spider. And, like, I have, like, a Spider, like, jacket type thing for, like, the cold weather. But I think they're, like, a South Korea, um, like, tight company. But anyway, they picked um, – and this is the only person I know – any athlete I know that's sponsored by Spider is Kenny Selman. So he's wearing, like, the Spider athletic clothes and, like, oh, wow. his meets and everything, which is kind of interesting that they, like, went that direction. But they are. So I don't know. Maybe you know, look out for them in the future there. But he started training in Atlanta, uh, became a professional. 2018, USA track and field national champion professionally. And then he is also in the same year in England, the 2018 international champion. Um, and then in 2019, he changed coaches. And then, of course, had everyone had 2020 off. And now he's coming back into form and got into the Olympics where he placed second. Um, and not, another cool thing here, Matt, and I love Kenny Selman so much. I used him on like my top five version of the escape room for the Carolina Fever application. I used it for like my basketball team and he was on my team. So I've been on this guy for oh, years, yeah, but uh, a UNC volunteer track coach placed third in the trials. Top three are going, so he's going as well. His name is Daniel. I can't pronounce his last name, but yeah, just this volunteer um, track coach for UNC got third. <laughs> so we got wow. two people competing in the same event for us there with UNC ties. Dang, we almost got, I mean, can we just take over? Are we a track school? I mean, is that what we are at this point? We're a 400 meter hurdles <laughs> school. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a um well I don't know just on a broader subject I don't know how much you've enjoyed watching just the Olympic trial so far this has been so much fun to me I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed it like this watching every sport really um and it only helps that there's plenty of Carolina athletes in it like many so many college students don't get to say that I mean you know there's only a select few of Olympians out there and for us to have you know a pretty good amount to pull for that makes it even more fun yeah absolutely well in my group in our group message yesterday matt i someone said something about the olympics and i said the olympic trials equals go to emoji and i got no reactions to it so i'm glad you feel that same way too like yeah, sorry every that. night it's kind of like the playoffs like you get some of this olympic trials first and then you go straight into the playoffs and then you can flip back and forth i've been eating it all up i mean um, we got the wrestling going on right now, but, you know, first we started out with swimming then we got some of the track and field stuff. Um, and then of course, gymnastics. I mean, how can you not love some USA gymnastics? Oh yeah. Gotta love it. And then watching, uh, the goat out there. Why am I not remembering her? Oh, Simone Biles. I mean, she's just, she's got a goat on her, uh, suit and everything else. Like she's great to watch also, but yeah, that's about great. to say which goat, because we got so many goats competing yeah. for the USA and our Olympics here. Um, That's true. Yeah, you want to hit on our um, the soccer? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, U.S. Women's National Team. You know, we got Crystal Dunn, Tobin Heath. Crystal Dunn's played a large part in the team. They defeated Portugal, um, I guess, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. And also defeated uh, Jamaica. And then and, – and Well, then – so we already know about these two. Tobin Heath was injured in this little 
um, warm-up tournament. Mm. But she's told, like, the coaches, and they think that she's on track to be able to be fit by the tournament start date. So we pretty much took a chance on, like, an older player instead of replacing her with the younger one because we had that much confidence in her. So she's going to be on the team, and I'm sure she'll be tearing it up for us up top. Um, yeah, a, a discussion on a broad level, I've always wondered, does senior, seniority in the Olympics matter more than skill? Because with the basketball team, I know this is a totally different topic, but they said they chose Kevin Love because of his experience in the Olympics over um, DeAndre Ayton this year. So I found that interesting. We don't have to talk about that now, but that's just a topic that I've uh, found interesting. Well, yeah, no, I'd love to because also with Harrison Barnes, I feel like he would have been given the nod because he was on the last Olympic team. And like we said, like you don't want all guys that are the exact same role. And I feel like Harrison Barnes um, is so good, but also knows that he can play other roles on the team. So it kind of does not make sense that you wouldn't put someone like him on there. But um, I guess they do have Kevin Love, but I mean, still, I just love some Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and Kevin Love was a very questionable, very questionable pick. But I get why you want somebody that's been there before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, um, but then also, um, there, we got two players that are on England's national team now. So we have Lucy Bronze, who was the silver, silver ball winner in the 2019 World Cup behind Rapino, I believe. So the thing I love about the silver ball, Matt, because as you know this, in like the NBA Finals, the NBA Finals M MVP winner in any competition like that is going to the best player on the team that won. But here we actually reward the best player on the team that didn't win, which I think is very powerful too. So, of course, since USA won, the golden ball went to a USA player. But here you get to see, oh, there's a silver ball and a bronze ball. Here are the players on teams that didn't win. So she was judged basically the best player on the non-winning team and she plays outside back. She's in it again. She's a 20, 2009 UNC national champion, countless best player awards. She's back. Um, and then also Lotte Wibben Moy, our center back, who was on the team last year, COVID going on. Her and Russo were encouraged by Dorrance to opt out and just start playing professionally. So she joined Arsenal, and now she's found herself on the England national team. Yeah, uh, just a quick thing for Lucy Bronze. Her name's Bronze. She won the silver ball. It's time for her to get some gold here. I mean, isn't it time for – she'll get there at some point, right? Yeah, I, here's the point thing I want to talk to you about here is how do you root uh, – yeah. you know, she plays for England, a lot of plays for England. So it's a fine line between cheering for them, <laughs> uh, but then also wanting USA to win still because we still have two UNC players on the USA team. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast where Dorrance was asked, oh, you got former players playing on like the national teams. How do you pick who to cheer for? He said he first decides by how many players are on the team. And he has like a million tiebreakers. So then if both teams have two, which we do here, then he's like, how many players are starting for each team? So you would expect probably a lot of would be on the bench to start. So then he'd cheer for us because we had two starters. Yeah. Because I think he's trying to find – which way the UNC players that are playing has the biggest impact on the game. And then he'll cheer for them, which Without being I can appreciate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause um, he's just got that many players uh, playing internationally. I guess the way I would handle it as just a fan, 
would be just the same way like watching a Lakers game but playing against like Kobe White. Like I want Kobe to drop 50, but I want the Lakers to win in the end. You know what I mean? Like so just ball out. Oh, yeah. But America at the top. <laughs> Absolutely. But you can't say that because you're not rooting for Team USA basketball in the Olympics, Matt. So no, you can't no, say no. that. Let's go take my words. You can't say that. Take my words you, can't say, you cannot say Team USA in the end. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The USA basketball team is a lot of players that I am just not a fan of this year. In the end, I am pulling for America, but I would like Luka Doncic to drop 50 on America and keep it close. Drop 50 points in our head. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Have I a scrambling guard on. We need but to we be uh, humbled a little bit, don't you think? Well, I mean, just humble us oh. a little bit, let us win, and then take it out. Oh, for sure. Maybe it'll wise everyone out that we should have some more UNC guys on there. <laughs> exactly. But. I um I look forward to the real Olympics starting. Um, what when do they start? Do you know the date or? Yeah, towards the end of this uh July. So my sisters they're in Japan, Tokyo, right? Yeah. And my sister's uh in Japan currently, and she was begging me and begging me to come over and go to the Olympics. Um, didn't end up happening. Definitely going. That is a. That is a uh, one of the things I want to do before I die, of course, is go to the Olympics at some point. A few of the events, a basketball game or something, will happen before I die, hopefully. But didn't get to do it this year. She's actually coming home sooner than she expected, so it wouldn't, wouldn't work out either way. But it's interesting for her to be so close. Um, I think – I don't know how far she is from Tokyo, but her to be in another country that's hosting the Olympics, I think that's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, we've never had that experience before, so I'm sure that's a lot of uh, – I'm sure everyone's buzzing about that, talking about that all the time. The news oh, yeah. is, I'm sure, covering all that information. Uh, I'm so disappointed just thinking about all the exposure the Carolina Way pod could have gotten in Japan. Yeah, well, let me say this. If I would have went to the Olympics, I only would have went to a few events because those things are not cheap. So I wouldn't have been at, you know, a lot of the – or most of the events right now like that yeah yeah dude i was about to say let's go to someone you know it's coming to the u.s like in the next decade you know like sometime Mm -hmm. in here um i felt like but i was like i was like yeah i think so but then i'm like oh we should go to the la olympics and i'm like all right the la olympics are going to be priced out of this world yeah it's uh it is going to be absolutely ridiculous What year? Yeah. I guess that'll be twenty-four. Shorter than normal, though, because we had to skip. You know, we're doing this one later, so it's only three years from now. Or no, is that one going to be in twenty twenty-eight? Actually, in LA. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Okay, I so don't we know. do have time. Maybe, maybe we'll I be making like, some I cash. Like we'll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that sports betting will finally come through. <laughs> oh lord! Oh lord! Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? I know we've we've covered a pretty good amount. We just wanted to keep. The fans updated. We've kind of done some fun stuff. We'll get back to that next week. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it for me. Excited to get back at it next week. We, we still got, I mean, over a handful of guests that we still got to jump on before opening night against Virginia Tech on Friday, September 3rd. <laughs> so, we got a little bit of work to do. We're going to have some guys come on. I, I got some – I think we got some pretty big things coming for the pod in this next – couple months i uh 
I got my Notre Dame tickets. I got my at NC State tickets. So I'm ready to go, Will. Football season cannot come fast enough. Oh, I love it. Well, we'll see you guys next week. It's a great day to be a Tar Heel. And see you later.